This is the best of the Rotary eClub of Silicon Valley, where we select from our library of hundreds of past presentations. One of our goals is to connect with people who have wonderfully interesting stories, stories that inspire us to think about solutions to vexing problems in all sorts of ways. We hope you will find inspiration in what you hear today. We had volunteers that went through every single hospital in the country, over 8,000 hospitals, researched, pulled out the financial assistance info, put it into a web tool, and now a patient can go to our website, put in their household size, their income, what hospital holds the debt, and then we will do the rest. We fill out all the paperwork, we submit the paperwork on their behalf, we advocate on their behalf. Millions and millions of people are on payment plans or declaring bankruptcy that they don't have to pay because they have no idea that these programs exist. Everybody listening knows someone that has gone through a medical crisis and having the knowledge of, of what these programs are and how to access them can change the lives of people around you, your friends, your family, your community. We're excited to have Jared with us today, and I am really jazzed to have connected with him to learn about the things that he's doing as a part of Dollar Four. Quick summary. Ten years ago and change, he decided that he was going to make the world a better place. And that story of how he does that is one that I hope will be as inspiring to you as it was to me. And with a lot of enthusiasm, I hand the mic over to you, Jared. Thank you for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, really appreciate all your time. I'll dive right in. Dollar Four, we're a nonprofit organization. We crush medical bills. This all kind of came about in 2012. My wife and I were sitting at home. She got a phone call and her aunt had passed away from cancer. A few minutes later, I got a phone call and my cousin had gone into labor seven weeks premature. They needed heart surgery to live and the family was running around and talking about how are we going to pay for it? And that frustrated me a lot. I, I, it was kind of my first run in with the healthcare system and the realization of when you have a medical crisis, you usually have a financial crisis that follows. And, and that was something that I wanted to help people avoid if I could. And so I, I, you know, hopped online and, and came across a few stats. Number one cause of bankruptcy in America, one in three Americans just avoid care because they can't afford it. And there is a total $195 billion in medical debt in America right now, which is pretty wild. So I wanted to help people and I, I started crowdfunding. I started crowdfunding in Portland, Oregon. Dollar for Portland is actually what it was called. And it was, it was finding people in our community and getting people to sign up for small, recurring monthly donations. Every month, we'd pool the money together and pay medical bills for people in our community. And we started at a coffee shops, breweries, music venues. And, and it was just a very like grassroots community effort. And, uh, you know, we, we helped, we helped families over the years through our you know, dollars add up program. And, and it was a lot of fun. And I was at a networking event and I met an attorney and he asked me, you know, Hey, have you ever heard of charity care, financial assistance, 501R? And I had no idea what he was talking about. So he was, you know, saying, Hey, you know, there's, there are these programs where the, the hospitals will actually waive your medical bills, if you are within a certain income range, usually at or below 300% of the federal poverty guideline. And I had no idea that that was a thing, but I felt like a chump 
because I had been paying medical bills for low-income families that all would have been eligible for free or reduced care if I would have known about these programs. So I, I switched the model in 2019. I started finding people that had medical bills. I started digging into these policies. I launched the debt forgiveness program. So it, it is true. When the Affordable Care Act passed, it required nonprofit hospitals, which is most in America, to have charity care and financial assistance policies. So this is, if you are within a certain income range, the hospitals have to waive your medical bills or sometimes it's a sliding scale based off income. So you can get the entire amount waived or, or pretty heavily reduced. I, I started looking into it and in the first few months, I got over a million dollars in medical bills to, to disappear for people. And I was thinking, well, gosh, this is, this is something. And how, how do I, how do I look this up, you know, more and dig into some more of these policies? And the reality is, it's like, and this, this is, you know, it's one of those things that it's just so frustrating, but yeah, millions, millions and millions of people are on payment plans or declaring bankruptcy that they don't have to pay because they have no idea that these programs exist. And, and when I found that out, you know, I was shouting from the rooftops trying to tell people, you know, what, what is charity care? How do you, how do you access every single hospital has their own policy, their own application, their own, you know, and it's, it's tough to find and it's tough to navigate. And then when you do navigate it and you, you know, submit it, you know, through fax, which is what most hospitals require you to do, they, you know, they kind of call all the shots and, and there's not really a whole, whole lot of accountability in this space. So I, I was trying to spread the word, you know, to tell people what this was and I wasn't, wasn't super successful. And it was really frustrated. It's like, well, why is nobody talking about this? So my littest, little sister recommended that I get on TikTok. So I hopped on TikTok and I made a 60 second video that told people what charity care was. So I, I came across this stitch, if you're familiar with TikTok, which I was not at the time. So it was a video. It said, you know, what is a piece of information that you learned that feels illegal to know? And I stitched my video onto that and said, hey, this is what charity care is. It's how you access it. That, you know, and, and if you need help, you can shoot me a message. I'll help you out. I'm expecting 50 people to see this video. Maybe the video just blew up Been seen over 30, 40 million times. It is, you know, we were, it was, it was a wild few weeks. And actually, you know, what's kind of fun is today, today is the two year anniversary of that video going viral. <laughs> so that, that was, you know, a, a crazy time. And at the, at, at that moment, dollar four was, was just me. I was running around trying to, you know, figure this out. And people were mess. I mean, tens of thousands of messages coming in. People asking, "Can you help me?" You know, I've got medical bills at this hospital, and I was just helping people in the Pacific Northwest at the time. So this, like, overnight, this turns into a national organization, and we have got. I think in the first, I mean, it was it was over a hundred million dollars of medical bills submitted to to us. People asking asking for help, and we needed a way you know, to, to quickly see if, if someone was eligible or not, which, which we didn't have at the time. So I put out a call to volunteers and said, Hey, we, we need some help. And we got some phenomenal people that created a eligibility experience. And we had volunteers that went through every single hospital in the country, over 8,000 hospitals, researched, read the, read the policies, pulled out the financial assistance info, put it into a web tool. And now a patient can go 
to our website, put in their household size, their income, what hospital holds the debt, and then we will do the rest. We fill out all the paperwork. We submit the paperwork on their behalf. We advocate on their behalf. We call the hospital. We pester them to, to make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to. And then we have, you know, phone support, text support. And yeah, so that, that, that is what we're doing day to day. We have a, a team now of about 12. We, we've got people that are patient advocates full time that are doing this. And if you submit, you know, through, through the eligibility screener, you'll be connected to a patient advocate if you're eligible and, and we'll walk you through the process. So at, you know, when, when we launched this eligibility screener in the first month, we had, it was like $250 million in medical bills submitted to that screener. People saying, Hey, I've got a medical bill. Can you help me? And obviously not everybody's eligible. We, we can get into the details of, of what these policies look like. But since, since this video, we've been able to eliminate over 20 million of uh, close to $25 million in medical bills for people all over the country. And that's just the ones we know of because sometimes we submit paperwork and, and, you know, we don't hear back from, from the patient that the medical bills are, are gone. And it, you know, we've been able to turn every dollar donated into a little over $50 of medical debt relief, which is, which is wonderful. And, and our plan now is obviously we're, we're a patient advocate organization. We help patients through this process. We are, you know, trying to add clarity in, into a really difficult process. And the, the big, bigger vision here is that we can make charity care known, easy, and fair. So we're, I feel like we're trying to do our best through social media partnerships, you know, SEO and, and Google ads and, and all that to try and get the word out about this program. And then making it easy by creating, you know, automations and creating the eligibility screener, keeping our database up to date and, and, uh, and then fair, as in we believe that through patient advocacy, we can actually drive policy change at the hospital level, which, which we've been doing. So because we have so much data, so, so many patients are coming to us asking for help, we can look and notice trends. So, you know, maybe we have a dozen patients in a particular hospital that are, you know, might not be living up to their policies. We can approach that hospital and say, hey, we, we've noticed a few things and we'd like to, we'd like to chat. And that's been super effective. And we've gotten hospitals to retrain staff, change policies, have board meetings about, about this work and, and try to make their policies more known to their community as well. So that's kind of what we're doing, what we're trying to do long-term. And yeah, it, it works. We, we get messages like this every single day. People saying, hey, you know, I saw your video, follow the steps or, or you helped, you know, you helped me because we, we do have a self-advocacy track where if a patient wants to kind of take the info and run, we have all of our instructional videos and, and kind of encouragement that we can give and, and they can solve the paperwork themselves to try to empower patients to do this. So that is dollar four. That is what we do. There's a few ways to get involved, volunteer, donate, partner. Most of the patients that come through that, that need help are through social media. And that's great. We've been able to ride the social media wave and it's been, it's been great, but maybe the people that need our help the most, they might not be on TikTok. And we need to figure out how to plug into like-minded organizations that are helping people that are, you know, kind of in that similar population, low income. You know, we get a lot of referrals. So other organizations that are serving a similar population that can send patients to us is another way we would love to serve people to get plugged into the, to the right communities. So thank you so much. And yeah, we can go to questions.
Awesome, Jared. Great. Here are some highlights from the question and answer session. What, what are the kinds of things that typically get in the way of someone being eligible? Yeah, so typically it is income. So it would be 300% of the federal poverty guideline. That would be for a single, that's right around like $40,000 a year gross annual income. And for a family of four, that might be closer to like 85000 And so if you make over that amount, then there's kind of two options. One, you're just not eligible, or maybe there is a discount. So it's like, well, if you have any type of insurance, you can only get X amount. But I mean, we are pr primarily working with people that are uninsured and underinsured. And when you have insurance, but your deductible is $8,000 and that bill comes in, like mm -hmm. that should be eligible for charity care as well. And, and we fight those all the time and, and are successful. You, you shouldn't be able to to single out people that have insurance or, or not. Same with like minimum bill amounts. Some hospitals say, well, if your bill isn't $2,500 or more, then you don't get charity care. Can't do that. But again, they do it all the time. We're a nonprofit. We have been able to survive off philanthropy and the generosity of individuals. We do have a lot of small recurring monthly donors that have stuck around from our early days at Dollar for Portland. Uh, we have some large donors that give and then we have as we've been growing and, and gaining credibility we've had a handful of foundations and and groups that reach out say hey you know can we help i mentioned some of the accelerators that we've been a part of so yeah we're definitely i mean still a very small organization trying to trying to scale there's obviously no lack of need so you know we could we can keep going i feel like we're just getting started but so far it has been it's been through the generosity of of individuals and when when we when we look at something like this, I, I I remember you telling the story about dollar four to begin with, and I'd like you to share that with with the group. So getting getting recurring monthly payments of a dollar, how how you went about that, I thought was was a pretty good story. And it might inspire some people to think about projects in their own communities. Could you tell that? Yeah, how we got those individual dollars. So we started in Portland. Portland is a it is a you know food, beer, coffee kind of town. And, and weed, <laughs> those, are, those are the things that Portland's known for the most. And I, I would go into bars and, and breweries, coffee shops, and I would say, hey, if somebody signs up for a, a small donation, will you give them a free beer or will you give them a free coffee or, you know, for, you know, get into the, get into the concert. So we, I would just go around and, you know, talk to these small businesses and, and they would let me in and give away free stuff for, for people that would donate. So we kind of created this community of people through like the food and, and brewery coffee scene in, in Portland. But it was a lot of fun, you know, early on. So that, that's how we slowly built our, our giving community. So a couple of questions that came in about, about the law related to this. So, so this, this came through with the, the Affordable Care Act, I believe, right? Yep. And, and so is, is there, are there any ramifications for a hospital of not using funds as directed by the law to reduce or eliminate the medical bills of low-income patients. So, so if, if a hospital is, is making it really, really difficult to find, figure out how to do this, can, can, they, can they suffer for that in some way? So I think that like in theory, yes, right? Uh, the, but, but I think that the a hospital has never lost its nonprofit status because they weren't offering charity care. So the, the whole idea of this, so section 501 R4 is, is all about charity care in the Affordable Care Act. And it is 
hospitals have to, they, they get billions of dollars in, in tax breaks for being nonprofit. There's tremendous benefits for them being nonprofit. And in order for them to keep that status, they're supposed to be providing community benefit. And community benefit is defined by what one of the main factors is free care to people that can't afford it. So a hospital might make a policy that says we will waive 100% of your medical bills if you're at or below 300% of the federal poverty guideline. And then we have a sliding scale discount from 300 to 400%, let's say. And that's pretty much all that is required by law. And they're supposed to be screening people for these programs, but how do you screen? Some hospitals say, well, we, we put up a poster in the ER. Well, when you're in the ER, you're usually not reading posters on the wall, you know, you care. Or, hey, we put it on the back of every single bill. We have a, a phone number that you can call. So hospitals kind of use that as, you know, oh, well, we're doing all we can. What, what else could we possibly do? And, and there's a lot that they, could be, that they could be doing that would be more effective. So there really isn't a whole lot of accountability in this space. We go to hospitals all the time and say, hey, you know, you're, you're not doing what you're supposed to do. And, and we'd love to help you with that. And they're, you know, it's very much like we are doing all we can. You know, the cases you presented are kind of one-offs. And, you know, we'll, and then when we give them other ideas of, of how to make it better for patients, their response is usually, well, word gets out and you don't want to be known as the most generous hospital. So it's a very interesting narrative that we hear from from the hospitals and and again they're able to like they can make these things difficult because the, yeah there is no charity care police i mean what one really brief example is about 95 percent of all hospitals in america require you to fax your financial assistance paperwork in so like who ends a fax machine <laughs> you know what i mean so it's like that's just one barrier that a lot of these hospitals throw up and, you know, say, Hey, well, this is, this is how you submit the paperwork. And you, you know, you can try and tell them, well, that, you know, it's a huge barrier for people. You should have an online portal or you should do that. They don't seem to be super interested in that. We'll wind things down for today, but just, just a quick note to everyone watching this recording. We're recording this on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. This is a day where in the United States, we celebrate the best of who we can be. And without a doubt, Jared, you know, bringing your heart and enthusiasm to making this work has made a difference in the lives of so many and, and very much in, in the spirit of, of uh, just the day, but of Rotary every day of the year, for sure. So in, in a minute, I'll hand it back to you for a final word, but, but let's, uh, let's do the standard wind down. We thank you for joining us and for helping us share the stories of those who seek to improve their communities locally, globally, and digitally. We are part of Rotary International. 1.4 million Rotarians and Rotaractors and tens of thousands of clubs around the world. Our club is both online and always available, so you can attend one of our meetings at any time by choosing the link on our homepage, which you can find at rotary.cool. In our meetings archive, you can find the full recordings, including the Q&A between the speakers and participating members and guests. If you are interested in joining Rotary, are a former Rotarian looking to get back into the organization, or simply interested in how you might make a difference in the lives of others, take a look at the Join page on our site or at rotary.org. You can also find these links in the podcast show notes. So with that, we appreciate that you're being part of this today. And as we like to do, we hand it back to our speaker for the final word. So what would you like for people to be thinking about as they walk away from the recording? I would say that 
everybody listening knows someone, or maybe you are that someone that has gone through a medical crisis. And this info can be life-changing. And whether you ever need to use it personally or not, having the knowledge of, of what these programs are and how to access them can, can change the lives of people around you, your friends, your family, your community. We've been able to turn every dollar donated into a little over $50 of medical debt relief. So check it out. Service above self. Thank you very much. And everyone, we will see you next week. Please help us spread the word about this podcast on social media. Links to our social media posts about this episode, which you can simply like and repost, are in the podcast notes. This only takes a minute, and it helps other people find this story. People who might avoid a bankruptcy by using $4. Additionally, links to $4 and their services, which are free, are in the podcast notes. And if you know someone who might benefit from hearing this show, please email or text them a link or screenshot of this episode. For more inspiring stories, follow this podcast on Spotify or on other major podcast providers.